You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know, man. Have a listen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Mariners podcast. It's Christmas time, and we've got a little bit of festive fair for you. Alongside me are the usual suspects. We've got Terry Wilkinson, Ronnie Pete, and Simon May, but with it being Christmas, we've got a very special guest. We haven't got Santa. But we've got a, a fair a fair substitute for Santa. We've got the head of sport for JPI Media, the Shields Gazette's very own Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, thanks for thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome. We're gonna we're gonna touch upon recent games. Um it's four weeks since we last sat round the table and there's been four games since then. But before we go into that, Ross, while you're here, I think it's pertinent to, to ask you just how things are going. With, with the book, for those of you who don't know, Ross has written uh, the recent history of South Shields Football Club, the fall and rise of the club from, from Eden to Paradise. I've read it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Ross, what's the feedback been so far? It's been very positive, yeah. It's in, it, that's the kind of the biggest, biggest kick I've got out of it. I mean, it, writing a book is, mm. is something that I've wanted to do since I was... 10, 11, and, and my mum's winding us up saying it's only taken us 30 years to kind of, <laughs> to kind of knock, it, knock it into shape. But um, it's something that that I wanted to kind of tick off as a, as a bucket list. And obviously the Shield story was just a, a bit of a no-brainer for me for, for doing it. I'm, I, I would never profess to be a, the, the biggest Shields fan in, in the world, so uh, writing, it for <laughs> writing it for people... Who in, in in having people who are big Shields fans reading it and, and giving me feedback on it and positive feedback is uh, is a is a real bonus for us. So it was just I wanted to make sure that the story was told yes. properly and that people yep. enjoyed it and, and there wasn't you know glaring factual errors right left and centre and uh, and so that in that sense it's it's gone really well and sold a few copies as well. So happy days. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, there's been bits of it in non-league paper, you know, as it yeah. kind of went on. Yeah. But it's the first time I've actually seen it, and, and it was great. And I've, I've said to a lot of people, I'm a bandwagoner. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But it made me feel as if I'm part of something of, of history, you know, yeah. something really big. I think it's a, it's, it, it, it's a fantastic story. Not not my story's a fantastic story. I'm not blowing my trumpet that much. No, but no, the, the, I, yeah. the whole shields, you know, where where the, the clubs come from over the last uh, over the last five years and into where it is now. Is a um, is a great story, and I wanted to try and I think everybody knows the the, the nuts and bolts of it, but I wanted to try and just give a little bit of insight as to mm. behind the scenes. So you know, you're speaking yeah. with your with your you know people like John Kings and your, your committee men, and, and find out a little bit about the the details behind you know Jeff coming in and and the issues with John Rundle here before um, during the the kind of the darkish days, mm. um, and just try to give that little bit of extra extra feel to the to the book, um, which. You know, people coming on a, on a match day maybe don't always exactly. always appreciate what's going yeah. on behind the scenes. Were the those individuals you mentioned before, committee, John King, etc., were they pretty forthcoming? Oh, massively, yeah, 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 really, really helpful. I could have doubled the, the amount of, of words that I that I wrote probably because uh, you know they were so accommodating with with time, with um, you know happy to meet up and, and sit over a coffee and chat about mm-hmm. about this and that. I met the committee here on on, on numerous occasions, which I obviously I knew Gary and and. And Bob and Phil and, and people like that, because um, I've, I've 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 covered the club for, for the best part of 10, 11 years on and on and off since I since I joined the Gazette. So I've 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 known them for for a lot of years and they were they were very accommodating. But also people like Lee and Graham who, who when I approached them about the book and 
ask them if I, if they would let me into kind of team meetings and, and you know sit in and when they're doing the video analysis stuff and again more than more than happy to do that. Let me go on the on the team bus down to the, the two Vars semi well the Vars semi final and then the on the Vars final as well. Yeah. Stopping in the in the you know, into the hotel and stuff like that when they're when they're preparing for games and after games. So just being able to have that little bit of insight as well just helped with the with the whole production of the book, yeah. yeah. And reading the book, John definitely didn't hold back. He, he didn't. He didn't. And I'll be brutally honest. There was stuff I, I didn't include yeah. in the book, you know, which yeah. I which I could have done, which I didn't think was potentially. Um, it wasn't the, maybe the right, the right way to go with it, the yeah. tone. But John was John. You know, John. He's very forthcoming. He's yeah. he's, uh, he's very passionate about about Shield Still, he's very. Um, I wouldn't say emotional, but but it, the, the the time that he that he had here has certainly affected him on a on a positive level, but equally, you know, on a on a. On a, on a slightly negative level as well, he's not he's not got back in the management, yeah. and I don't think he probably he probably will. And I've known John since since we were we were kids. We went we were both down at Notts County together when we were 15, 16. So I've known him for for a lot of years. I know exactly what type of character he is, yeah. and, and it was a, um, it was you a, do don't you? Yeah, I know John as well. Yeah, and it was a, um, it was I, I, you had to get John's John's take on the whole yeah. on the whole thing. It wouldn't have been a, a fair reflection of the. Of that time period, without speaking to somebody who, who, it was such an integral, important part. He was part. a massive part, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. You know, the, the club wouldn't be here in in no. this shape of form if it wasn't for somebody like John keeping it going, putting a little bit of his own money in. Yeah. You know what you know what he's like in terms of bringing players in and and, yeah. and keeping the club ticking over in that in that period. He was. He was vital to the to the club. Sure he was eleven men on the pitch, didn't he? He did. He did. You know, you know, right. At the end of the day, that's, that's, you have to have that. Otherwise yeah, the club them dies. times during, during the Peter Lake days, you know, and you, you you know you you subbing Barry Smith off at, after seventy minutes, so you can go and to be shifted to injuries yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and bring all that bits and pieces yeah. in. And, and yeah. now you look at where that the club was at that time, and people like John and, and then the committee lads who yeah. put so much time and effort and their own mm. resources mm. into it, mm-hmm. um, just to keep it going. Is is why we're sitting here. Yeah. I think um, I think as well, it, it's good to get across like you know, any humour in it because you think about all oh, the dark days of Peter Lee, but there must have been laugh, you know, yeah. barrels of laughs, oh, yeah. you know. Um, Which is the British way, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think with those guys being so open, it it just gave you such a great insight into how mm-hmm. clubs like this work. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, I mean, the first part of that book, the insight was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, mm-hmm. uh, sorry. I've heard it said a lot um, because obviously I wasn't here when John was here mm-hmm. but I've heard it said a lot that this is John King's team that's not the case now mm-hmm. but I think for a long time it was the yeah, team that he built up yeah, okay, you, you still look now in, in, in you know, a lot of the key players are Kingy's signings you know, yeah. people that, that John brought to the club yeah. you're John yeah. Shaws and you're Carl Finnegan's and you're Gav Cogdens David Foley mm-hmm. he's been away and he's come back you know, Backer. Liam Connell yeah, Craig Backer, yeah he's brought as well yeah yeah, he's brought he brought a lot of them Briggs, he brought a lot of them them players into the to the <coughs> club and um and don't get me wrong, you know, you know that's, that's not anything against Lee and Graham because they've they've then moulded these players in, into a sure. into a team and, yeah. and coached them in a certain way and, and got the success mm-hmm. that they've got now. But you can't underestimate the that was John's for me that was that was always Kingy's kind of strength was yeah. was attracting players yes. and he's got that he's got that gift of the gap, he's got that kind of um, ability to, to to motivate players and to, yeah. to, to attract players to a to a club. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, getting getting that that insight into into John and into but then the rest of the, the club as well. And I'm a big non-league fan. I've always been involved mm-hmm. in non-league for, yeah. since I was a, since I, I played myself. And 
that was why I want one of the reasons why I wanted to, to, to focus on a non-league club for the for the book is because you're not going to get that access at Newcastle yeah. United or Sunderland. You know, yeah, you're, you're, not gonna gonna you're, all, you're not, yeah. not going to, you know, you imagine going to, I don't know, David Moyes. Oh, can I come on the team bus on the on the way to one of the games? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So That's no, uh, that, it's 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 such an open club and and, yeah. and such a warm and and, and friendly and uh, club to welcome you in, and uh, that just made for for an, an easy ride in, in a lot of ways, and and for me as well. I'm sorry to go on, but for me as well, because of my job, I'm I'm a lot more office based now over over the last kind of ten years. So it was I had a chance to kind of get back to to covering games on a on a weekly basis and get back into a, into a club because my career has kind of taken me away from from the the nuts and bolts of covering football on it on, yeah. on a match by match basis so it was a quite refreshing for us to to be able to follow a, a club again and, and doing match reports and getting in and speaking to, to players and managers and such like as well yeah, so sure. i enjoyed enjoyed it from that side as well do you find you're making matches up now just to get out of the office <laughs> yes. it was great it was i mean it was it was stressful at the times because you you know you're you're, out, you're you're always doing your, your day job during the day and then your night job and then you're going back and you're trying to make a few notes and whatever yeah. you know and trying to pull it all together and it took a little bit longer than probably what it should have been ideally i wanted it to to be out and finished to coincide with Wembley um, within a kind of month of that, but you know circumstances just dictate that it, it took a little bit longer. But it meant I got an extra kind of season. Yeah, I think it's better for it. it. Yeah, better yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, and the yeah. timing of the release, yeah. you know, it's excellent. It's on Amazon now, isn't it? It is. Yes, it's on yeah, Amazon. It's in the, Amazon. Yeah, and it's in the. Uh, I've got it in the back page as well. Um, Mick Edmondson at the at the back page is a good part of mine, so he's uh, he's stocking it in there. So it's really? available at a couple of outlets now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody with last minute Christmas <laughs> stop and fill as needed, get yourself along and get that book. One of the mo- one of the most interesting stories was the was the day the the Anik game where the two sets of teams turned up here yeah. in Toronto and they weren't allowed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was shocking. I know. It, it, it's bizarre. It's stuff like that which is. It's it's quite specific to, to non-league football. I think you know you wouldn't necessarily find oh, that yeah. elsewhere. Travelling up from Anik and you're like, oh, I'm having the game today. And yeah. like, what? You didn't not let us in the ground. I know a diff- different game years. yesterday. I forget where it was, but the floodlights failed in the 90th minute. Really? Yeah. yeah. And the referee said, "Play on." They carried on playing. And this was in our league. Couldn't tell you. Wow, the floodlights flickered here, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. Uh, yeah. The Julio here again. Like, well, uh, we're losing as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting doing that because I, I was, uh, you know, trying to trying to give a balanced view of, of the Morbeth game yeah. as well, you oh, know, yeah. because yeah. there was there was so much going on behind the scenes, and I'll, I'll be careful what I say when I'm on there. Uh, I don't think there is a balance view. But there was so much stuff afterwards, you know, from this camp saying this and this yeah. camp throwing this accusation oh, about yeah. and this one trying to. Trying to say this and that and the other, and interesting times, shall we Very say. interesting. That yeah. Morbeth away game still remains our best game, doesn't it? Yes, it is. The Morbeth the, the replay that was incre- that first forty minutes. Yeah. Just a phenomenal. The atmosphere as well. hasn't. Was a lot of haven't, even at yeah. Wembley, I didn't feel mm. an atmosphere like yeah. I felt behind that goal at Morbeth that night. Yeah. That was incredible. It's brilliant. That was incredible. Gav mentioned that. Uh, wow. Gav, Gav cogged in that game. Yeah. Was just it was just so for it was his first game, kind of yeah. back Straight after that injury. Yeah. And it was just yeah. brilliant. Wow. Brilliant. So we mentioned yesterday, which was Shields, who just just managed to get the three points against Staley Bridge in a game which um, would ordinarily would typify a real struggle for Shields. Conditions weren't conducive to good football. The pitch was fine, but the overheads were dreadful. Um, freezing cold, gale force wind, freezing rain in the second half. Somehow, though, they managed to steal 
the three points. When in, in the past, potentially, we would have been happy with a draw. We needed three points yesterday and we got it. Ronnie, uh, you, were, you were with me at the game yesterday. Uh, what were your feelings on the performance? Well, firstly, I just need to call out Staley Bridge Celtic because the first half, they were fantastic. Yeah. Mm. They had two small lads, number nine, Kenga, who got the two goals, and Andy Scott, who I think is on loan from Akron Stanley, number yeah. 10. Small players, slight, but they caused us so many problems. Yeah, um, they And they pressed high. And our, our lads, our defence, couldn't play their normal game because they just didn't have the time on the ball. They were fantastic in the first half. You also mentioned during the game, Ronnie, that we were very narrow. Yeah. Therefore, they were able to condense play even more. And Graham, in his after-match interview, stated, you know, change the system in the second half. We had to. And yeah. it, it, it paid dividends. Yeah. Your Did. man came on, didn't he? Gilly, whenever Gillies comes on, it's my favourite. Yeah, whenever he comes on, he always makes a difference. Yeah. Assisting a goal, his mobility, he just pulls other players out of position and gives other Shields players space to do yeah. their thing. Yeah, I was also just pleased to see Lee Mason getting the goals as well because he's come so close so mm. many times and he's provided so many assists and to see him actually back yeah. to us. Yeah, Chris was happy because it's Chris. Yeah, it was my man. Yeah, it's my, <laughs> my, my man and your man would be everybody's man. You know? But... They, they, they were excellent. Ross, you, before Josh and, and Lee came to Shields, what was your experience of them? Have you seen much of them? I've, seen, I've seen quite a bit of, uh, oh, I say quite a bit. I've seen bits and pieces of, of both players of, of Josh when he was at, um, at Gateshead. I've, I've watched quite a bit of Gateshead over over the years. Mm-hmm. Always such a talented, talented player. Always a player I, f- I felt could could have probably played a little bit higher maybe and, and for one reason or another I know he obviously went to, to Carlisle and maybe yeah. he didn't quite work out there for one reason or another uh, just such a, a, a talented talented player I um, thought it was a fantastic signing when he, when he came back when he, well, sorry, when he came to, to Shields Lee Mason seen bits and pieces of him at, at, at North Shields as well I hadn't I'll be brutally honest hadn't really he hadn't really struck me as a as a as a South Shields player when when he brought in, but obviously Graham knows him a, a heck of a lot better than what I did, and and, yeah. and, and knew what what the attributes that he that he could bring to him. I know Graham and, and Lee rate him so highly, really rate him, yeah. really rate him highly, and I think he's he's probably been one of them kind of players who's maybe he's gone under the radar a little bit. You know, you yeah. have Cogden, yeah. you have David Foley's get kind of the, the the glory and the the headlines yeah. a little bit more. I think it's slowed him down early in the season. For me, he's, he's, he's been the, the for me that he was the first true Fenton and Picton signing mm-hmm. who cut the mustard really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly in the last third of last season. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, the, the injury he must have been a difficult injury to come back from because he missed all pre-season. He missed the early games. Clearly, when he came back, he was unfit. We mentioned it in previous podcasts. Yeah, came back in the cup game against Stockport, didn't he? Yeah, he struggled. He was, you know, you could see he was out of shape. Yeah. But yeah. he's got, he's got a, he's, his build. Just you know, he, he needs games. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit like a Wayne Rooney a, in effect. Very much so. Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, he's. Early in the season, he was almost a forgotten man. You know, we discuss various players all the time, and you, you just always seem, it's always the bigger names. But what I, what's, what I like about Lee Mason, he's he's direct, not like no little skill. He, you know, he's a fine player, but he, he's just he's something different to all the other players that we have. And he's um, he can beat a man, and he can score a goal. You know, and I think that just um, it's something that any team needs you know you, you can have your flair players and, and whatnot but you, yeah. you know he, he adds a certain something that we without him we do lack and he's keeping Foley, Harmison and Gillies out of the team yeah I still don't think we've seen the best of Lee Mason yet no I don't either I think there's more to come yeah. yeah one thing that struck me is that you can't get him off the ball no. 
defenders cannot get him off the ball. No matter what, no matter how he takes the ball, whether it's in front of him, just to the side of him, he's no a defender can't get close to the ball. Um, and I, I just find that remarkable. But it was a game, Ronnie, that um, it ebbed and flowed. It was, oh, it was end game. to end. Yeah. And Staley, we keep saying it every time we, we we look on social media after games, and you look on you know the old things Mariners, the Simon Branch. Everybody's talking about one of the best teams to come to Mariners yeah. Park. Well, they all raise the game. Look at Mikel they're all Lover's, one of the best. Mikel yeah. Sports. What are they doing down on seventeenth or eighteenth? I think we've come to the point where now I think we're above the point where teams come to Shields and where a scalp. Mm. I think in this division, the, the, you know, Steely Bridge are a former conference side. You know, these mm. are good. These are big clubs who will have good players. And I think it's not a, not a case of, oh, let's go to Shields and you know put one over on them. They're coming here. They know they're going to play in front of a big crowd on a good pitch. So they they want to show their skills. You yeah. know, they want to they want to do well. <clears throat> and I think the days of you know, you know having been the scalp have gone. And mm. Yeah, they're all going to be one of the best we've seen because it's it's a strong league. I think yeah, it, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, I think it's I think there's not as I don't think clubs or teams are necessarily as as overawed about coming to, no. to Mariners Park no. and playing in front of Shields as what as what the members have been in the in the past. Because yeah. like you say, they are established, well established clubs who yeah. play at, at good levels themselves, and they, they just say this. Yeah, like, this is a great place to play, a great place to mm. to to show what we what we're all about. Yeah. And, you know. It's South Shields. It's going to be a good game of football. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The one we thing I have noticed very... this season Sorry, is home matches. We haven't come out of the blocks quickly no, no. very often. And I feel because we don't start strong, we let these teams get some confidence. Yeah. Uh, last season, we sometimes we'd come out of the blocks so quick, we'd have four or five chances off the belt. This season, we, we don't seem to be doing it. I don't know that if that's because of us or because of the quality of the teams mm. we're playing. But I've noticed we're not... Starting as quick. If you look at the Matlock game, which is the other home game since the last podcast, you know, on paper it was a five nil win. It was one of those games where we could say, well, we wiped the floor with Matlock. But wasn't it three up after fifteen minutes? Yeah, but if you look at the first ten minutes, it was all Matlock. Yeah, they pressed us high. Mm. And what I've, you know, we've said this before before recording started. Not one, I can't think of anyone anyway. Not one club, not one team has come here this season. And park the buses. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a marked change on last yeah. season in that respect. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and uh, it's, it, that just leads, you know, comes from the fact that they're all these are big, you know, big. Well, some are big clubs, and uh, historically yeah. big non-league yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're they're not overawed. They're coming here to do a job. But Stratford did a job on us in the trophy. One of those games where yet again <coughs> there was talk of officials. Don't want to sound like sour grapes, but you know, Lee was particularly disappointed. The feedback from the Stratford game was it another one where we could could have won, at least got a point. Mm. The red card was it a red card? Wasn't it a red card? Did the linesman see it? How could he see it? And yet again, we're out of the FA Trophy. It looked like that that sending off was the the catalyst to that game. It looked like we were in control. You get a penalty against you that gets scored, and a sending off. It's like double jeopardy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Was that? I didn't think that could happen anymore. I don't, I don't know the was rules. Was it? But can. Absolutely. A handball on the line? Yeah, it? handball on the line. Was it? Who was it? Nathan Lowe. Nathan Lowe. Nathan Lowe. And the referee did... Uh, he he said no. No he penalty. Said no, Clearly. And then the linesman gave the penalty. Referee spoke to the linesman. Penalty and all hell breaks loose. Was anyone of us there? No. Oh. It was one of those where it was just a bit too far for him. Yeah. With things to do on the Saturday night. Yeah. Difficult to get down and back. 
speaking of which, though, we're out the trophy, but for me also, uh, Nathan Lowe misses a game, comes back, and is by no, he's not the same player. No. Against Nantwich, I went down and he was trying to force things, he was misplacing passes, he mm. was making foul after foul, he just looked like he was trying too hard. Yeah, and that was the, again yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. We said that during the first half in particular, we're trying to force the game. Yeah. We tried to force it, but Nathan was not, certainly hasn't been the player he was prior to the, to the suspension. Yeah. Probably, yeah, because he wants to make his mark again. He was, he was playing nicely before that, I think. Yeah. He'd come in and showed a few tricks, and, but he, he, was, he looked up to quote soon as a proper player. But yesterday, you saw McNant, which I saw him yesterday, not the same, looks a little bit out of sorts. Right. A little bit out of sorts. The, the, the trophy exit, I think, for, the, for this club, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, let's just concentrate on the league now, which, yeah, fair enough. Well, but, that's what you always But the say, trophy would have been, a good trophy one would have yeah, done major, would have been a major help to the Project EFL, if you like, to boost the crowds and things. Well, you rewind to, to the Vars. Yeah. The Vars one, and, and you know, we were talking earlier about about the, the crowds and stuff like that. And if you get a good run in a, in a cup competition like mm-hmm. that, and then you can attract again and if a few more people who were who've maybe you know drifted away for for whatever reason, yeah. you know, remember them them Vars that Vars run that the crowds in there. You know, you're getting two and a half, three thousands. Yeah. I'm not saying you necessarily will get the same uh, the trophy run, but it's just it's great to raise the profile of the club again. Not, it is, um, and and just get a buzz around the whole town again. I'm not saying you you know the club would have got to Wembley again, but you never know. No, it'd be yeah. unlikely. But like you say, you know, a long a big run you're going to get. The likelihood is either a, a good local non-league mm-hmm. club or an ex-football league side yep. who will bring strong support. Who the casual supporter will go, oh yeah, yeah we'll mm-hmm. go and watch the, the, that team today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's disappointing, especially in the in the way in in the manner of the yeah. of yeah, the, and of of the exit. Yeah, it money in as well. Yeah, just, the of FA course. Payouts are quite uh, quite decent. Good payouts. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it it all comes together to yeah. a good cup run can make your season mm-hmm. literally can pay for your season. Almost. Yeah. So that was disappointing, but to get over that with the 5 0 win over Matlock was a great fill. It was one of those games where once we weathered that early 10 minute storm, yeah. we bossed the game. We, well, yeah. we, know, it's good stuff. It was, was lovely stuff. to watch. Yeah. It was some of the best football I've seen from, from Shields, and I haven't been to every game this season or, or last, but over, over a period of time, I thought it just looked sharp again. It looked quick. It looked direct. It looked. Yeah. Uh, players were. We're picking up positions on the pitch. I thought, which were were very clever positions. Um, the the movement of the of the front players was excellent. The passing was really sharp and incisive. It just looked a really that first half was really good. It was the really the finishing as well was yeah. very good. Wasn't Clinical it? wasn't Some it? Great finishes. Mm-hmm. Cogden's chip. Yeah, oh, his little ding. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. And, and Matlock came to us as. The, the most informed team. Yeah, they in did. The yeah, they'd be on a run, hadn't they? I mean, in their first, when we beat them in September or something, they only got four points in nine games. And then they went on and got 24 from the following 10. Mm-hmm. And that's when they came to us. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny because I, I like to stand behind the receiving goal, if you know what I mean. And the keeper, good crack on the keeper, which there often is, he turned around, it was just before the end, and asked what the score was. <laughs> <laughs> Only half in jest, you know. <laughs> yeah. but it was a good. It was a good day. It was one of those. It mm. took us back probably two seasons to when in the Northern League, you know, you you play your whoever's and you you come out five nil winners. Yeah. It was just one of those games. But 
Fair play to them. They, okay. the first 10 minutes, they bossed the game. They yeah. pressed us high, but we weathered the storm and, and, and we did the business. Nantwich, Ronnie, you were there. A good away point. First draw of the campaign. A good solid away point, but it could have been so much more. Yeah, it was crazy weather that day as well. Oh, the, the rain was horrendous at the start. Um, but interestingly, Nantwich parked the bus. You know how we're saying people aren't parking the yeah. bus when they come here? Yeah. Nantwich were playing for a draw. Two backs of four trying to break us on the on, on the break. Yeah. And that's how they got the penalty, because we were pressing forward. I felt in the first half, just like I was saying before about Nathan Lowe, all, everyone on the team was just trying to force it. Trying to play that killer pass too early, in my view. Second half, we calmed down a little bit, and I think we were unlucky. We just dominated that and the ball just didn't go in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, on paper, it wasn't a bad point, was no. it? A point away at the leading team who'd been up there and about for the whole of the but season. Really. Yeah, they played four games I think it's a false position yeah. for Nantwich. Yeah. I think they've played, as you say, a lot more games. Yeah, yeah they have. And Hell of a result yesterday, though. Yeah. And I think it backed one. it up by how they approached that game. I don't think they think they're going to be top of the league for very long. They just wanted to keep what they've I, got I, to get a I've seen the, the post-match interview with their manager, the Nantwich manager, and he... He, sort of the way he his demeanour suggested, which is what you just said, when you know the part of the bus. He he, he spoke about the, the the game here at Mariners earlier in the season. I think he's probably been a little bit. He sort of that's been at the forefront of his mind. You know, yeah. like I'm going to play this way to combat Shields. He said like, Shields are the best football inside in the league he's played so far this season. Yeah. He probably isn't wrong there, but yeah, I think that the defeat here early in the season is probably. Played a, played a part in his, yeah. in his in his formation, his tactics. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun, Which is still strange when you know you're the home side at top of the league. It's a credit to them. That's a strange they were, one. They were throwing everything at the defence. They were putting their body on the line. Mm. It was they were credit to their defence in their midfield. They they did everything they could to stop the ball from going in. But yet again, post away game, post non away non away win, talk of officials again. Sour grapes, Ronnie. No, the referee wasn't very good, <laughs> especially in the first half. And I'm, I'm normally quite. That's I don't normally, go, right? um, yeah. I don't normally have a go at refs, but this one, oh, he was terrible in the first half. Mm -hmm. um, I do, t I do notice sometimes that some of the behaviour of our players do, early on, does wind the ref up a little bit, and I do wonder whether the refs think, well, these players are having a go at me so early, so I'm not going to give them as much as I normally would have. I, I did notice that in the Nantwich game. There's yeah. a lot of verbals. But I don't know whether that... It looks like it changes the ref's um, position on whether he gives well, us yeah. free kicks or not. I'm, but I don't know. I'm not too well, sure. They're only really human, I suppose, aren't they? I think the best ref we've had this season, and I've seen all of them by any means, obviously, was that lady ref that we yeah, had. She was. Also. She was excellent. But, but my view is that um, I've always thought we were slightly naive. I, I, we're not at referees enough compared to other clubs in this division. The, fact, the mm. higher we've gone, I've felt that there's a little bit more gamesmanship mm. at each level. Mm -hmm. The gamesmanship increases because you've got players coming from professional clubs who've learned a different way. Yeah. And um, the bit more gamesmanship, the higher we go. And we're slightly, I suppose, almost naive in that respect. What, the one that got me was a home game. I think, it was, I think it was the Nantwich game at home. I could be wrong, but the referee turned up with a referee tactics board over his shoulder, it was like a, fo a, fo a, no a, a bifold thing, and I just thought, oh, here we go, and it, it was dreadful. <laughs> we had a tactics board over, <laughs> thinking, Goodness, what are you doing with that, you know? But Ross, you, you, you see it probably more non-league football than us in terms of various levels, mm. different divisions, Northern League, etc. 
Our view in the past has been that Northern League officials are of a higher standard than Northern Premier League. What's your view? I've, I've, I, yeah, it's a difficult one. You say good and bad, don't you? It, mm. it, it various games. Our, my take on referees has, has always been on a, on a non-league basis is that they're going to make mistakes. That's why they're that's why they're refereeing at a non-league level. Referees are the, the higher you go as a player. You, the less mistakes, the better you are. The higher you go as a referee, the mm. less mistakes, the better you are. You would hope that you step up the divisions, you step up into the into the Evo stick, you step up into the conference. That the, the standard of officials is uh, is going to improve. One thing I, I do think, though, is that for a club like Shields, is if a referee made a mistake at Northern League level, did it affect the game too much? Probably were not. Shields already two or three nil up and comfortable? Yeah, was it was it was there the fine margins for, between Shields? So I, I, you know, one of my teams mm-hmm. is uh, or the team that I'm on. I'm on the committee, but in the Northern League is is Wickham. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ask Wickham about if you asked us at Wickham about the standard of Northern League officials when we're when we're in tight games and you know might be losing the game and there might be a decision, you think that that was a, an awful decision and, and it kind of affects your perception of it. Then, you know, you might not have seen many or Bad decisions against Shields in the in the Northern League days because you know there were comfortable games. There was three or four nil up, and there might have been a mistake there, and you you, you brush it off. Mm-hmm. But now you're in the the Evo stick, uh, and the games were a lot tougher and a lot tighter. And you're talking about you know fine yeah. fine margins. It can be game changes. Yeah, can. yeah, and it, 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 I think it just affects your perception a little bit more. Speaking of Wickham, some Shields links mm. at Wickham now. Yeah. How are those lads doing? They've settled in well. Yeah, they're doing they're doing well. The lads who've come uh, come from the, the kind of the academy set up here. So who's there um, now at the moment? Max Max Coburn's there. Yeah, um, he's doing well. Scored uh, scored a couple of uh, games ago. He's doing well. I was chatting to his dad a couple of a couple of weeks ago at one of the games, and he's uh, he's he's settled in well. He's in he's enjoying it. There's a couple of other lads there. Goalkeepers there. Oral is there, and one more. I can't think who the other one is. Matty Patterson still there. Matty Patterson's still there, yeah. So, so yeah, Matty obviously left here on a in beginning of the season was it September time? Yeah. September time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a massive signing for for Wickham, obviously, and, and to attract somebody of of Matty's calibre. He wanted to move for a couple of reasons. I think you know the travelling was a little bit too much with the, with the family and the work interests that he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, and he lives you know two minutes away from from Wickham's ground as well. So it was a it was a a decent move for us. We never thought we'd ever be able to attract someone if, <laughs> if Matty's there uh, standing. But he's uh, again, he's done well. He's obviously a cut above what we've got or had with him. But yeah, he's settled in well, and hopefully he can he can help us away from from relegations. Right? Excellent. And speaking of loans, we've obviously got lads out on loan. Um, Dan Wright's going out on loan to Newton near Cliff. Yeah, for a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a month. <clears throat> good move that. I think. Very good. How's Dan been? How's, how's Dan? I think he's struggled so, to make an impact. Mm. I think the the legacy of under twenty three football is, is really hitting home. Mm-hmm. You know, lack of experience against men basically, uh, or certainly against like, you know, all the guys when there's something at stake. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got all the attributes, hasn't he? You know, he's a player, but just not. He's not putting his making his mark mm. on on a game. Um, so he's I think slight, he's a slight lad, isn't he? he is. I think he just needs to get used to the physicality. Yeah. And yeah. put putting him out in Newton Aycliffe probably more than a month. I would. I wouldn't Again, mind seeing months, him there six months. for three months. What, what, and you could bring him back if we needed him. Yeah. But let him play. You look at the. You know, we've always gone out about big units in this league. But yesterday, Staley Bridge booked the trend. Yeah, they did. They had some little lads who were brilliant. brilliant. And so they've clearly 
weathered the early storm of coming out of under-23 football. They've got used to blokes football, and they were excellent. And we hope that Dan, you don't play for England for nothing, mm-hmm. uh, can, can do that. And I think at Northern League level, he, he could find his feet, and we will then get... Because for me, he's one of those players who, if Shields did become full-time somewhere along the line, the likes of Dan Wright... Ursan Mwanda, they're the lads that can go full-time. Because yeah. the likes of your Gavs, your, your Finners, all these, they can't. You know, that some of them might be retired by then. Yeah. So but these are the lads that can be seen to go full-time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are, there are lads playing with us now who are not going to go that journey. Yeah. Even if we do it, you know, promotion every season, championship every season, where they're not going to be there simply because of their age. Yeah. Um, and it's the ones that I'm getting. I mean, this is why I know Graham particularly... There's great store in the loan system. And when you've got a squad as big as Shields have got, you need it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. these guys are not going to get game time. So uh, the less game, time that, less game time they have, the less likely they are to be in the, in the match day squad. So it's, yeah. uh, it's got to happen. You look at the bench yesterday, um, Gary Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, Loffy was running up and down the pitch after the game last yeah. night. You know, these I was la- wondering about Loffy because you know, he's been on the bench week after week after week and never seems to get called. Well, get a, you'd probably get a game on Tuesday at Chester. Yes, yeah. Uh, but you you think, well, I wonder if one of one or two more will go out on loan. Mm, yeah. Certainly Darren Loft, you know, I think the quality he has to not figure at all, really. He hasn't oh, figured at all for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and you've got Calla coming back as well. Yeah. Great to see that video yesterday of Calla looking oh, in yeah, terrific shape. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Um, you wonder where he's going to fit into all of this. But certainly Darren Wright, you know, a great move. And of course, the other academy lads going out on loan, particularly good moves. But Terry, you, you, you've been particularly impressed in recent times with how the academy have progressed. Yeah, I mean, the only matches I've actually seen them playing were the two or three rounds before the one, and I went down to Lincoln to mm-hmm. see that one. And they were 4 0 down at one point, and they came back when it was, there was not much left on the clock. It was obvious that Lincoln were going to win it, and they came back and they got another two goals. There is such talent in that squad. Mm. I mean, recently they won 8-1 in the um, that's under-19s National League Alliance, 8-1 against Harrogate. They beat Queen Ethelbergers. Half, the, half, the other half of the squad went to Queen Ethelbergers in York, I think it is, mm. and won 2-0. They beat Gateshead 3-1, which Lee described as the academy's best performance and the best by any Mariners team this season, mm. which is praise indeed. They went down to Solihull Moors in the third round of the League Cup, got beaten 4 0. But did you see the news on Friday? Yeah. Solihull Moors have been disqualified from. No one, I even went on the Solihull Moors website, there was no explanation at all. So, by default, Shields are going through yeah. to meet Manchester. You have to believe they've fielded uh, an ineligible player. Mm. Can only yeah. 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 It just seemed a bit weird that it was so vague. No, I mean, if it was an ineligible player, just say so. Yeah. 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 Um, but Terry, you know the, the academy and the, the the recent initiatives the club have. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, a speaker's one who benefits from one of those, <laughs> which is the pensioners' hot beverage. And I was a bit um, peeved about the fact that everybody got a drink yesterday. That was cold. Was it? 
Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. No, you weren't yeah. here. It was too cold for you, wasn't it? I thought <laughs> <laughs> you meant it was a cold drink. I uh, you making you see a, you yeah. you make you see a winter gas payment, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, you, uh, you, know, you got to watch the pennies when you're married. I think the OAPs have done a, um, a protest here, with a silent <laughs> well, yeah. protest. Yeah, we've well, turned yeah. up, but we haven't noticed. <laughs> mine was a stay-away protest, actually. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, payment. it's not just that. It's things that are, are kind of... I spoke to Jeff because my next programme article is about Jeff, because did you know... Um, the the Mickleover game, it was his 200th game. Didn't know that. In charge, if you know what I mean. Didn't play in any of them, obviously. No. But uh, he's got a win record of 78.5%. And I actually checked, I compared it with uh, Sheikh Mansour when he, in his first 200 games at Man City when he took one in 2008. And his is only 58%. Really? Yeah. Wow. Funny enough, I'm going off on a tangent here, but... Um, <laughs> Shields and Man City are still the only two clubs in the top seven divisions to have a faultless home record. Incredible, isn't it? We'll take that, won't we? We'll take that, yeah. But anyway, going back to initiatives, sorry I'm waffling here. There's so many initiatives that Jeff has learned by talking to fans, you know, suggestions suggestions that have come at the Q&A. One of them is disability access, because it's fairly poor here, actually. And obviously not personally affected by it, you don't really think about it. But that's ongoing, they've had mm-hmm. assessments and all that sort of thing. So, Jeff walking around talking to everybody isn't just because he's a nice guy and he likes to chat, he wants to soak right. in all the ideas and opinions. I, so, think, yeah. the, I think the club, what the club, some of the, the initiatives that the club's doing is, is it, it's fantastic, it, it, it's very kind of proactive, they're not just sitting no, here no, thinking, no. right, this is where we are, everything's hunky-dory, mm. we're, you know, we're, we're getting... You know, thousand plus every every game. They want to they want to kick on. They've got the ambition to to kick on and to to improve the. It, it's it's a phrase which is used, but use improve that kind of match the experience for for people, mm. but also then get into the community and, and start attracting the kids. So you see, obviously the, the 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 mascots and everything like that before the games. You see, the players now getting into into schools during the week as part yeah. of the, the that, project. Yeah, that, yeah, it's it stuff like that is. It sounds quite common sense if you like and, and sometimes you think well should this not have been happening a little bit earlier for, for some of the stuff but that's the club has got these ambitions now to, to be a, a football league club and some of the work that they're doing within the community I think is fantastic mm, really is. really positive stuff. perhaps the, the, the individuals who are going around the schools probably weren't there mm-hmm. or the availability of players just wasn't there in the past yeah. possibly you know, You've got some great, you know, people like you know, your Blair Adams and your yeah, and your yeah. Finners and people like that who've played at a very good level as well, yes. and and, mm. and they are quite for, for for Shields and for for the kids, they're, they're big names, you know. They're they're, they're, awesome. they are, they are yeah. proper role models. Yeah. And the, you know, the, these lads are these, you know, lads. They're not they're not daft, naive lads. They're they're, they're kind of you know very intelligent mm. fellas as well as being good footballers, you know. Sure. And, and, for the club to utilise them in that in that sense and to get yeah, the, to get the maximum out of them in, in that yeah. sense. And it's great to see them here. And I mean, I think the first game we noticed it was the Mickelover Sports mm. game, one thousand seven hundred and forty-nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the, everything was right for that because yes, it was a decent was. day. Well, I mean, yeah, yesterday, for instance, you, you, it wasn't just the die-hard supporters who may not have come along yesterday because of the weather, but maybe some of the children who potentially could have come from those schools. Maybe the parents mm. thought. We can't go. It's going to be terrible. It was. You know. I'm wondering if I mean if a lot of and who can blame parents for not taking little kids along on a horrible day like that. But I wonder if they if they haven't used the ticket if they can use it at another game. Let's hope so. Yeah. 
possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one or two of the hierarchy may, may listen to this and uh, may take that on board. But I'm sure they, they would do it again. Yeah. There's no question about it. It's just, again, it's, I suppose we're playing catch-up <coughs> initiatives. You, you, you learn. The club is learning. It's evolving all the time. Completely, yeah. It's, a, it's a long-term thing as well. It's, yeah, not, it's, not, it's not about short-term fixes. It's not about, you know, let's get an extra 50 people in this it's, game. and next game. Seeds, it, it is. And it, if you, you're getting these kids now who... who that's you know they're not going to maybe just go to Newcastle or Sunderland or or follow Man United or whoever it is they're going to it's implanting the seed in the in the mind about South yeah. Shields as being the, the place for them to go and watch football on a on a Saturday afternoon and it, and it also comes back when you're talking about the weather but that'll improve you would hope once the new stadium gets yeah. built yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and absolutely. it becomes a bit more of a four years non-league football it becomes a bit more of a, a professional enjoyable feel and you're a bit warmer perhaps at, at games rather than uh, yes. the, the rain and the sleet and everything coming in yeah I mean we said yesterday Ronnie we were stood in the the old Saima branch stand yeah. which was probably the, the best angle you got to miss that driving rain um, but we we couldn't see I would say maybe an eighth of the pitch yeah it's a it's a very limited view if you're not pitch side because it's pitch side supporters, we, we, we said ideally yeah. get people away from pitch side, mm. everybody in the stands. But obviously people need to be pitch side. Yeah. So I don't know whether they could maybe drop a level, instead of build terraces, drop a level at pitch side so people are maybe 12 inches, 18 inches lower yeah. at pitch side. A good idea, but perhaps well, but whether that will fit in with the plans. Wouldn't, because obviously there's yeah. a new stand potentially yeah. going to go uh, Yeah, I mean, it? you can appreciate why they wouldn't want to do that because why spend too much money here when... But I, I don't think that will stop them with things like disability access. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's one of them, you know. Yeah. That's, they're going to have to do something, so maybe yeah. that's something while they do that. Yeah. yeah. Just I mean, for now. If, just a che- if a cheap quick fix, I'm sure. Yeah. Like Someone meant you said quick fix. Mm-hmm. And talking to quick fixes, there was going to be a quick fix on the go of Billericay. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, look, guy... you know, that, just a, a Billericay town, a historical non league club. Doing what we aren't doing here. Yeah. Well, I spoke to Jeff on Sunday morning to get a little bit of colour for this programme piece. And I told him about, about Billericay. And he said he'd only just seen bits and bobs because he'd just got back from, you know, eight days away in Spain somewhere. And um, when I looked at I, I told him I'd get the exact figures and let him know because he wanted to know what sort of attendance have they done this on. Because, you know, he's sold out now to Dave McCartney, yeah. Irish businessman. McCartney's come in and said, I'm going to have to slash the weekly wage bill from 22,000 to 10,000. So Jeff said to me, what sort of gates are they, is he doing this on? And I looked and their average attendance last year was 1,079. Ours was 1,489. Theirs is a little bit better this year, but you know, it's part season, yeah. so it's difficult yeah. to tell. But it just screams the club is not sustainable. It's madness. And of course, there's talk. I mean, he hasn't been anywhere near the club. This is Mr. Tamplin. Are we allowed to use his name? Yeah, of course. He hasn't been near the club for weeks. There's unpaid bills, and there's all sorts of horror stories going on in the background as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's makes you realise just how lucky we are here. I feel sorry for the club. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I mean. The only reason we, I think we're mentioning it now is that it throws into sharp relief how blessed we are here with Jeff. Yeah, and the team and the, well, the whole staff. The yeah, yeah. On and off the, whole the pitch, because yeah. it takes everybody. I mean, Jeff said it's a club so many moving parts but they all have to move at the same time or at the same rate if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I talked about consolidation to him as well because I know uh, that last Q&A when uh, consolidation was brought up and discussed from a business point of view 
consolidation, it's a business phenomenon. A business cannot develop too quickly, otherwise you get overstretched. But no team, no sporting team is going to start the season saying, we're going to consolidate. We're quite happy with 10th this season. You know, it's not going to happen, is it? So there's that um, kind of conflict between the team wanting to go hell for leather, win the championship this year, which I actually think we will, because we're good at coming from behind, aren't we? We'll talk about that. And, and the other one of, um, you know, well, the business can't move too fast, which is why um, Jeff is having to say to people, yeah, these are all great ideas, but... Um, it'll have to go on the list because we can only move at a certain speed financially. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's good to see that though, as opposed to the Billericay situation. Yeah. Where but it brings into focus as well the, the trials and tribulations of North Therabi, yeah. who we yeah. face Equally, yeah. on New Year's we Day. Indeed, yeah. I know um, the situation there very well as well. Uh, I mean, basically, that, that's rogue ownership as well. Um, a guy called Waltham took over and then disappeared off the scene. Sold it to, sold it to his mate, Carl Chadwick. But this Waltham's come back and it's clear to pulling the strings. He wants to move the club, eleven miles away to East Hull, where he's got a ground, mm -hmm. and he's applied for a change of name. So basically, he wants to obliterate the identity of the club. There's a massive petition. I mean, for a, a club of size enough, a very, very big to get ten thousand signatures is. It's pretty good. Wow. Mm. So, it's a bit like when Milton changed Milton uh, Keynes. Well, yeah, it's the same it's sort of situation. Yeah. 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 I mean, they can't expect to do that and maintain the league's least status they've got. Mm -hmm. Well, the North Ferriby situation is, again, I wouldn't say mismanagement, but they've, they've you know, you know, you know we've talked about Billy Ricky, but North Ferriby, remember, go back sort of 25 years and approximately won the FA Vars and the just kids. keep to the leads yeah. and a village team you know fighting yeah. well above its weight in, yeah. in the in the conference you know there must have been a lot of money thrown at it and you've, you've just got to you know you've got to cut your cloth accordingly haven't you and north sadly north where we are sort of uh, sinking through the divisions at a, at a rate yeah. of knots um, and well they're almost yeah. certain to go down again this year well, well they are yeah. uh, if, if indeed they survive so it, it's a uh, you've just you've as much as at this level, it's not about business per se. You've just got to, you've just got to run it sensibly, haven't you? Yeah, it's common sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be fair to Jeff, he's always kind of he's always done that, hasn't he? And he I has. remember sitting at this very table five years ago when Jeff took over, mm -hmm. and his vision then. It, it, sometimes he's a he's a little bit modest, and he said, oh, "I didn't quite have the vision." I think he, he always had the vision. He, he, he always stressed in that first interview I did with him about the club being sustainable. He was mm. yes, he was going to create a model. But then it had to be run as a sustainable yeah. venture, mm. and it's he's, he's obviously moving towards that. And, but one of the things I wanted to ask you fellas is, what's your kind of take on fan ownership of of Shields? Because when I did speak to Jeff about for the book, he he, he talked about eventually selling, the bars, selling it back to the fans. Or, or I mean, I don't know whether he will sell all of it back to the fans, or whether he would keep a, a kind of 50%, yeah, a, a, a control interest. Yeah, yeah. But what I was just curious as to what your views are. I don't know great how it, it really all works, but from what I've read and and, and sort of the feeling I get is that it it probably what doesn't work in many many cases. There may be the odd, you know, the odd thing, one that books the trend, but it's it's not just an easy say. Yeah, the fans own it. It'll all be you know all happy clappy. Everyone's yeah. together. I look at it as that if if it's fan ownership, you've just got too many cooks yes, spoiling exactly. the broth, as it were. And sometimes not so many who've got the expertise that is needed. Yeah. Mm. I know you've got the staff, 
and the staff wouldn't change presumably mm. but somebody like uh, Jeff mm. who's built up his own business he's got business skills he knows how a business should be run mm. I, 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 I worry about it Ross mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with I'm it it might work you look at Darlington yeah, hasn't been any. Hasn't been easy for them. It's not. It's sure. tough because every year they seem to have a, a sort of, you know, for the want of a better phrase, a whip round yeah. to, to, you know, let's put some extra seats in or let's like, fund a sign of a player. It doesn't sit well with me. I, I think a club like this needs leadership. Yeah, I think I feel like if it's, if it's fan run, you, you don't get that one leader. Or so is that a Scottish leader. Premier League club? Yes, it's maybe there's. Is it one of the Edinburgh teams? Is it Hearts? Yeah, you're right. It's Hearts. Yeah, it's one of the Edinburgh teams. Yeah. 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 So it's a different type. There, Ross. You know, there's a, 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 one of the first female chief executives or owners in Scottish football went to Hearts and she sort of changed things around and the club is very well run. How much of a fan um, supporter-led um, concern it is, I'm not mm -hmm. sure. But it's working so far. Mm. I think it's an exception, though, I really do. I, I, I think so. Th th there's other models that just don't seem to work. Mm -hmm. It would have to be a model that suits Southfield's football yeah. club. Mm -hmm. Just to say it's going to be fan-owned, I think would be you're going to be treading on really thin ice, and it would if it, it would need to be a specific model mm -hmm. that that would have to sit well with everybody, because at the moment it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I don't think just particularly 100% uh, in favour. I don't think that's his vision of when I... Because he always calls us to the custodian of the club, mm -hmm. but when he moves on, I don't think he's, you know, particularly bothered about fan ownership. I think it was just mentioned as one of the options. Mm -hmm. It'd be um, interesting couple of couple of couple of three years, I think, for the club moving yeah. forward, and, mm -hmm. and when the when the full time model potentially comes in, and and what Jeff's yeah. plans are, you know, two or three or four years down the down the line. I know we're looking way ahead to, to where we are now, but I do think it's. It's going to continue uh, being an interesting journey. Very much. Well, I might get another boot out of it. You, know, you might. Not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? I, I, I just, for me, I've always said it. I've always said it. South Shields Football Club have got me interested in football again. Me too. I've fallen out with football for several years. We've had this conversation. Um, yeah. And it's, it's got me interested again. That's, yeah. and that, that, that'll do me. But we, we talked about Fars, um, North Ferriby there. North Ferriby are our visitors on New Year's Day yeah. at the end of a particularly mouth-watering set of fixtures yeah starting yeah we've got Chesley Street on Tuesday which is going to be very interesting to see what team we put out because normally we've always said about academy players but there's a lot of first team lads that need minutes in the leg so I think it's going to be a pretty strong side I think so on Tuesday night but then there's a massive game on Saturday rearranged La Lancaster, oh, Lancaster away, away yeah yeah on Saturday um, which was postponed from November being rearranged on the same day that um, <coughs> Warrington are at home to Buxton and Farsley are away to Marine. Now, Buxton had a great result yesterday. But Warrington have only still only conceded nine goals this season. In all much? In all league games, they've well. conceded nine goals in league games, Warrington Town. Um, now, they are, they are at home to Buxton. Buxton have won away yesterday, of course. Farsley away to Marine... So Buxton beat Gainsborough yesterday, massive result for us. Yeah. <clears throat> but next weekend is a weekend where we, we're going to have to get something. If you look in at my the table, I think it's Farsley the, Farsley the main threat. Points per game ratio, Farsley are yeah. far and away you know, front running. But Lancaster are the side where you, know, you look at the league table and you think, you know, where we want to go, um, we have to go and get three points at Lancaster. I really. agree. I think they've only won two games at home, haven't they? Yeah. 
So we've got so there's yeah. Lancaster, massive game. Particularly going into Boxing Day at Scarborough, who are on a real. They're doing one of our runs. That, so that, four, that four, out, four, four out of four. Four out of four. Well, they've lost four in a row. Yeah. They did a Shields. <laughs> um, I can't wait for Boxing Day. I've got to pass out as well. So You're going to pass out off the misses, have you? Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Um, but huge games. Yeah. huge t- Two huge away games and then two mm. critical home games. Workington, North Therapy, mm. you'd say almost walkovers, but Ooh. nothing ah. is. Yeah. Nothing. Yes. No, North Therby beat us at their place. Yeah. Um, oh, they came. Yeah. Was it? In, it was. In, was it in trophy? They came in trophy. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, That's where um, Foley School is. Worldly, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But it's a massive, yeah. massive set of fixtures. Mm. And Just kind of. You know, go back a few, a couple of months, and we we had a rough trot, and you hope that that was the rough, like the one rough patch for the season. Where last year, last season, it was this time of year, Christmas yeah, New was, Year, where we we really hit the sticky, yeah. sticky patch. So, so we don't want that repeated, do we? I think we if we afford we it. can't afford it. I think if we do, then I think from like automatic, uh, the championship is gone. We would be struggling to just clamber into the playoffs. Mm. Um, but um, but the, those home games um will bring into focus probably just where we are because we'll have played those two home, uh, away games. The league will start to take shape, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Terry, you've mentioned something earlier. You fancy us for the title? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't been with the club very long, and every season it seems to be pulling them in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do. I think it actually gives us a bit of impetus when we have got games in hand and we have to win them. Very much so. It's, it takes us back like, two seasons. You know, we're playing catch up. But, mm. but Ronnie, title? I think it depends on our getting our way form sorted out. If we can do that, I think we'll win. Yeah. And I hope so because I've got money on as well. <laughs> Simon, I think on on paper we have the best squad in the league. Yeah. You know, and I think if if that group of players hits its straps, you know, seven times out of ten between now and the end of the season, then yes, I think we will win the league. But there's a you know there's a lot of football to be played between now and then, mm. and uh, this this next month I think is will will tell us everything really. Critical. Yeah. Ross, I haven't seen as much of the of the league as, as you fellas probably this season. But Shields, as, as Terry alluded to, of of very strong finishers. You know, the, you look at the 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 Vars season, the Northern League when they won the Northern League. It was mm. a, a bit of a rocky start, if you like. It's probably a little bit, a little bit unfair, but it, it just momentum kind of to took over. Yeah. Same, you know, to an extent last season. Um, Second half of the season, once you got the, that kind of Christmas wobble out of the way with, just again, yeah, you know, grew in strength, went from strength to strength, mm-hmm. and that's down to the to the size of the squad. I think it's also down to the to the quality of the coaching. Yeah, it's down to um, each individual knowing their their roles. So, I th- I think it'd be top two, top yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, any, anybody who finishes above Shields, I think will will win the league. I think it's I yeah, think it's I, I agree that, with that. Yeah, that, yeah. that close, I don't. Yeah, you know, get this get this tricky. Christmas kind of festive period out of the way with, but then I can see the the club again kicking on and going from strength to strength yeah. again. Yeah, and then of course we've got Farsley here, nineteenth of January. That'll be a six point as well. And we've got Warrington here, sixteenth of February. Massive, huge. Even if you look ahead, you know the the final two three weeks of the season, it's, it, they are huge. You know, they're all sort of they could be could well be all title deciders oh. if you like. You know, April, Basford, Scarborough, Gainsborough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, was just I think it's going to be the most exciting season we've ever had. Yes, it's going to be great. So, 
the um, most exciting season you've ever had. The trio, yeah. Even more exciting than the, the Vars season. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I always knew we were going to win that. Once you always going to win all four. Yeah. Once we yeah. beat yeah. Morpeth away, <laughs> you know that night I booked my hotel room that right. night. Yeah. I think um, this season, I'm not sure. No, doesn't can't be sure because the teams that are coming here are all good. Mm-hmm. The standard is high. Teams are, are really pressing us hard, mm-hmm. playing good football as well. It's good. It's not just everybody just putting a good shift in. It's a yeah. it's good football. Mm-hmm. It's great to watch, um, and it really augurs well for a fantastic Christmas period and and 2019. So we're at the point where we're gonna we're gonna close things for for 2018. That brings to an end our our Christmas special, as it were. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, Ronnie, Simon, Terry, uh, thank you very much indeed for joining me once again, and uh, particular thanks to Ross for coming in and joining us for this Christmas special. Thank you um, on behalf of all the team here at the Mariners podcast, I wish every single South Shield supporter and all their families a very Merry Christmas and a very prosperous and hopefully equally successful New Year. From all of us here, It's bye-bye for now. And thank you for being such a wonderful chair, as always, Chris. Don't you agree? (laughs) Terry, you're lovely. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca. (laughs) 